The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Hello and welcome to the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Pause. With me today, very special guest, formerly known as the Maestro in WCW, the former Smoky Mountain Wrestling TV champion. You may know him as the Stro or Papa Stro. Robert, welcome in to the Two Man Power Trip. How are you doing? Ah, yeah, thank you for having me. What's going on in your world? What have you been up to? Uh, it's been crazy. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, you know, I am. I'm also. Well, I do a lot of things. I, you know, one of them is acting for television and film, and I've been working on different uh, television and film projects and streaming projects as well. Uh, some you can that are you can check out already on, on different streaming services and uh, and, and everything. And I like I got I just wrapped a horror sci-fi miniseries that'll be out later on this year. Uh, I'll be working on a feature, a horror feature soon. Uh, I just had. Not too long ago, had a horror feature release on Vimeo called Stench of Iniquity. You can check out on uh, Vimeo.com slash Turnerverse. And uh, I'm also a uh, star as Dr. Arkham in uh, The Devil's Starter, a Harlequin story, uh, which you can check out on YouTube and on Amazon Fire TV. And you can watch it you know, either or through Dominus TV as well. So it's, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. <laughs> is that something you like that you like behind the camera more or in front of the camera more? Uh, well, I, I actually, I enjoy both. You know, it's just like with the wrestling. I mean, and it, it, it's, it's so fascinating how the film and entertainment world and wrestling kind of coincide and intertwine together. And there's a lot of uh, similarities in, in both, like, you know, preparing for matches, just like preparing for a film, you know, you want to make the little things mean a lot you know, neat scene, just like you would in the match. And, and, and they're both telling stories, right? We're all storytellers. So it's just, uh, just, just to be a part of a good story, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, behind the camera 
and on camera. Uh, it, it's fascinating. And, and it's, it still fascinates me, even behind the scenes. I, everybody uh, works so hard in, in the entertainment world um, you know, with, with film and wrestling. Because, I mean, a lot of fans uh, don't realize that behind the scenes, there's like a whole crew of people doing do, making the magic happen and uh, uh like for like wwe for example i'll give them i'll use them for example like no matter how good or bad an event may be their production has always been spot on the vignettes and uh and the different uh, packages they release it, it, it never ceases to amaze me so yeah it, it you know Wrestling and, and, and the film world, I mean, it, it just kind of go hand in hand, you know, we're, we're all kind of intertwined together and then make it, we, we get, you know, you can have one without the other, right? So, yes. Do you watch a lot of current WB? Yes. Yes. I keep up to it. I, you know, I, I still got some friends, uh, both WWE and AEW and different wrestling organizations across the world. We, we all keep in touch from time to time and, you know, through my friends and also people I have helped break into the business, which I'm very proud of as well. So, you know, it's like one big family thing, more or less. Do you like the current product? There are things I do enjoy about the current product, and, and it's great to see the brothers and sisters, which I like to refer to as brothers and sisters in the industry, that help keep the magic alive. And, um, and there's, you know, there's pros and cons. I mean, just like there were pros and cons back in the day, you know, so you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying one's better than the other, you know, but there's a certain formula that always works. And it's like, you know, if the chairs and broke white fisk, fix it, right. <laughs> More or less. So, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I keep in touch with the product and you know, the, the people have helped out and, you know, friends of mine are still actively doing it. So, you know, I'm just, uh, I've, I'm forever connected, whether even after I retire, I'll probably be involved doing something like you know i'm, I'm doing commentary now for different uh, promotions as well as wrestling and acting and all that good stuff uh i, I know we just mentioned off here i'm i'm a vice president for a media company uh out of raleigh north carolina and uh is involved in uh speaking engagements i'm in charities doing doing things for different people so i mean it's uh it, it's good to kind of give back to the community as well as uh keep in touch you know with your family, more or less, which I like to call family, you know, and, and some of us that, you know, from the old school, you know, it's still, still family to us, you know, and, and so we got to keep that cycle going with all, all the uh, boys and girls that are, you know, keeping it alive for us right now. So it's all good. Why did they change it? You know what I mean? If it's not broke, you don't need to fix it kind of thing. Like why, like, why did they change it? Why, why is the wheel so different now? Well, more or less, I, I think it's just the, the direction of the people putting it all together, more or less. Um, you know, trying new things, which, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, I mean, I mean, variety is the spice of life in entertainment, and shows wrestling. I mean, we, our wrestling fans are diverse. So, you know, we should appeal to, you know, vicariously through all our uh, different genres out there. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and keep them entertained. I mean, I, I was taught. A lot of us was taught, rather, along with myself a long time ago, never insult your audience. You know, I mean, I learned that not just through wrestling, but theater. And I did theater and all that. You always respect the audience and respect them. But at the same time, realize they come to see you. You are the storyteller. They, they let them in your story. 
You know what I mean? No matter what story. You can make any style of wrestling work with the right psychology and story going in. Just feel like nowadays there is no psychology. There is no thought process that way. For a lot of the wrestling, it's what it seems like. It's weird. It's just like bing, bang, boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and and some people, you know, I, I alluded to earlier, want to try new things, which is, which is fine. It's all good. Like I said, you can make any story or style work with the right story and the right psychology, you know. But, you know, as you pointed out, some people uh, use crayons to tell a story and some people use fine oils like artists more or less so yeah. uh, and, and 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 the ones that do they stand out like a shining light in any company you know it, it's like uh there's a select few that has that s- certain magic and and they did they just seem to stand out among the rest you know what i mean and, yep. which is great because they're the ones that's going to lead the way into the future you know what i mean and like, for example, uh, you know, guys like uh, Ric Flair, uh, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, Undertaker, some, some, some of the best in our industry. And we, Steve Austin, more or less, uh, The Rock. And we used to thank guys like them for, uh, for the house, you know, for, for the yeah. matches because they're the ones that draw the people. I mean, you can have tremendous technical wrestling, which I love technical wrestling as much as the next guy um, and gal. In the industry and great wrestling matches but if you don't have the stars of the industry with the charisma and the know-how to talk to people to coming to the show then uh you know we, we wouldn't have a show so we we need a little bit of everybody to make it happen and we definitely need them you know and and, and the, some people saying well um kind of throw a negative light on uh, people that have the charisma have that great promo ability and all that i mean they're a necessity a major necessity i mean it's a business what we do is a business just like any other business i mean it's just as much a sport and it's just as much a business and we need to keep that magic alive and in order to do that we need the technicians we need the front man of the rock band more or less and we need good dancing partners tell the stories and make it happen and entertain our audience so well said. Just feels like I don't know. Can wrestling ever get back to that point? You know what I mean. We're as popular as it was. It just seems so niche now. Yeah. Well, the, the thing in our favor. I mean, I know that magic kind of came out of the bag years years ago, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, people still want to be entertained, regardless, and they always will want to be entertained. They want to believe. They want to entertain. They want to live vicariously. Uh, through us. I mean, just like they want to go see a movie and they want to be into a movie. They just want to enjoy a movie and and be a part of it, you know. And, and the fans, wrestling fans, are, are no different. They want to be a part of what we do. And, you know, give it to them. Invite them in your house. Invite them in your world. And I, I see some, there's some matches, you know, some great matches, but at the same time, you know, it's like the door is still closed, more or less, and to the audience. It's like, come on, man. You know, I mean, you got an audience there. They come to see you. Let the magic happen. Bring them in your world. They want to be entertained. They want to live through what you do. And there's nothing like having an audience, I mean, through personal experience as well, just be on your every whim in the ring. I mean, whether it's a headlock, whether it's a leapfrog, whether it's a drop kick or, or a hammer lock, whatever. It, 
if with the audiences and every little thing you do, man, it is, it's, it's amazing. There's a rush like no other. I, I can't even like describe how amazing it feels to have the audience, you know, hang on your every move and every word when doing a promo, etc. It, it's 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 such a fascinating feeling. Now, one of the most famous wrestlers of all time that kind of captured that before so many other wrestlers didn't was Gorgeous George. What is the actual relationship? Is it great uncle? Is it grandfather? What's the actual relationship to Gorgeous George? Well, it's my grand uncle, actually. Um, and I didn't find out till later on in life, uh, how, how, as ironic as it may sound. Um, uh, you know, when I was starting the business, right? I was in the wrestling business. I was uh, wrestling for some years and. Uh, all of a sudden, had, had guys like uh, William Regal and Dusty Rhodes come up to me and, and tell me that you know my style, mannerisms, and facial expressions reminded them of the original Gorgeous George, right? And it yeah. just kind of like snowballed from there. And one day, I went to my grandfather and I was like, "Hey, hey Grandpa, uh, you know, these people are telling me I, I remind them of Gorgeous George. You know what's going on here?" And, and he just steps back and looks at me, right? And he says, uh, "You didn't know." <laughs> I was like, didn't know what, Grandpa. And at that point, he smartened me up and told me that uh, uh, Gorgeous George and himself were amateur boxing buddies back in the day before he broke in wrestling. And they were, you know, they hung out together. And, and you know, he was my granduncle and everything. And uh, I'll say, I, it floored me. I, you know, and it, it just, but at the same time, it made sense because, you know, my love for the business, right? And, it, it just kind of just kind of came together, you know what I mean? And so at, I that's inspired me to don the name Gorgeous George III out of honor and retrospect of him. And uh, I was known for that for quite a while in my career. And uh, I, I was, I'm, you know, just happy to be able to do that. And, it, you know, it got me to WCW, you know, got me uh, overseas, you know, got me to Mexico got me to Memphis and so many different places and eventually got me to WCW where the maestro pretty much was born. Isn't that crazy though? Like one of the most famous wrestlers of all time, somebody that basically is getting their shtick stolen from with Muhammad Ali, basically taking a lot of his stuff and using it and you're related to him. You know what I mean? That's pretty surreal. It really is. And, and to meet these guys later on in life, like the Muhammad Ali's and the James Browns, which I did a pay-per-view pay rather with, uh, with yeah. Ernst and Cat Miller. Uh, and to hear them, hear them tell the stories, you know, my granduncle and how much they inspired them. It, it's, it's fascinating. You know, it was just, it, it's incredible. And, you know, I inspired me to the point where, you know, I kind of want to leave my own mark. In, in the industry where just like him, because he was an innovator of his time. Cause in, I, I like to be some, even my mark in some way of fashion, be somewhat of the innovator for my, my time, you know, while I'm here. So yeah, it just, uh, it's funny how the universe kind of connects together. You know what I mean? It really is it's fascinating. Yeah. It's crazy. Like it's, you know, like one thing to love the business. And it's like, wait, I'm related to one of the most famous wrestlers of all time. You know, it's pretty crazy. Oh Yeah. I mean, I still get chill bumps just thinking about it, you know what I mean? It's an incredible feeling. And, you know, I know I've had talks with Ric Flair about it quite quite a bit. And uh, and hear Rick tell stories of how Gorgeous George inspired him, you know. You know, of course, along with uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers and and everything. It's uh, And, you know, he at one point, uh, 
Rick wanted to be Dusty Rhodes, right? <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Yep. Yeah. So then it, it, it's cool. Like I, I gave another example. Like um, first time I met Ric Flair and Blackjack Mulligan was at a convenience store, right? And they were like getting drinks. Tech was in the next town. And, but they were kind of worse for Eric as show that night, earlier that night, rather. And uh, I helped them uh, take carry the drinks to their vehicle that night. And like years later, being in the business, meeting back up with them, they actually remembered <laughs> that night. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so it's, it's really cool, man, how everything's connected and, and all. Did you ever go back and, like, after you found out, go back and watch some of his stuff? I know there's not a ton of stuff out there, but there's still some stuff. Do you ever go back and watch it? Like, oh, I'm stealing that or I'm taking that? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we borrow bits and pieces from everybody else, more or less. But, you know, we, we try to make it blend into our own style, you know, of wrestling. And so, I mean, we, we all do it, you know. All of us that really truly love the business, you know, we take bits and pieces of everybody else and make it our own. So, but it's all good. We you know it's like a cycle that keeps going. And uh, another example, you know, another example uh, of, of a full circle was, uh, you know, I, I used to train with uh, for UWFI. Oh wow! For competitive pride fighting. Yeah. And then the pancreation, the what MMA of that time, right before the UFC and Octagon and all that, and. I got to spar a little bit with uh, Dan Severn, which was uh, a big honor, a thrill. And I guess it turned out he was just, he just got to doing some Sambo wrestling, some Russian Sambo. Yep. And uh, uh, he's, he's just amazing. What a class act he was. And it was just a great time. And uh, I used to watch Bader compete with Takata, the Japanese champion back then. And, and amazing. And then years later, meeting up with Vader, and and at like a independent show, right? And uh, he didn't recognize who I was at first because you know he had the little gorgeous George deal on, right? <laughs> but uh, just to meet back with him, and then you know, I think later on WCW, uh, it was just uh, it was great. Yeah, Vader, man, he, he for one of the best big men in our our business. You know, guys like him, Bam Bam Bigelow, which I really fortunate enough to step in the ring with him um was really cool and I, when i was wrestling bigelow all i can think about was you know this was kind of like my wrestlemania moment because i could talk about him and lawrence taylor from wrestlemania yep and so that was that was a big big thrill for me Pretty cool though. you did some uh you you know uwfi stuff i didn't know that you did some like basically shoot training yeah 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 it was i learned a lot oh my god uh i remember a sensei um, when we just started training, it showed us like 60 different uh, like leg submission holds and so many minutes of like my jaws dropping like everybody else. But he took time out to show which one, right? And uh, I, yeah, I learned so much and I, I dropped so much weight training. I, I ended up going back to uh, you know, pro wrestling uh, because it was more consistent than and because at the time. The events was like once in the blue moon type thing, and I wanted to be more active, you know, in pro wrestling. So, uh, but through that MMA training, the pancreation training, it really helped me greatly as far as conditioning and um, just uh, have more of a, a repertoire and ver be more versatile in the ring, that type of thing. So it really, 
it helped a lot. And, you know, I, you know, I, I wrestled before collegially, right? Until, you know, be, you know, before that point, but I had no knowledge of submissions or strikes or anything like that until I started training with him. So it, it really helped me greatly, you know, what lied ahead. There's an awesome shirt out there. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I actually bought it a few years ago, but it's a huge, like, Godzilla-like Vader and a smaller Takata and has their three matches, like the dates listed underneath. You know, it's, oh, you know, my it's, God. You know, it says UWFI, and it's an awesome shirt. That's so cool. I, I got to get one of those. And, and, and it's got everything I, I love in one shirt because, you know, I'm a big Godzilla fan, too. So Yes, I mean, that's, yes. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I, I forget who drew it. I'll, I'll find it for you, but... Man, Please do. What, a, what an awesome drawing. Yeah, it's cool as hell. Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me know. That's so cool. Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome shirt. But it's funny, like you mentioned Vader Takata, you wouldn't think that you had some some of that background in you, but you do. So when you're you know, you're going along and you do that training stuff, how do you actually get to WCW though? Like I know obviously there's U USWA and Smoky Mountain in between, but where do you get noticed from WCW? Well, um it, it was funny because um Regal was good friends with Bill Dundee. And uh, that's kind of that, along with uh, Larry, uh, one of the original Moondogs, helped me get into uh, breaking with Lawler and Jarrett, right? After Smoky Mountain, which uh, Smoky Mountain, like Cornette, Rock and Roll Express, Tracy Smothers, I mean, those guys really helped me out greatly. And then uh, I get, you know, I get to Memphis and uh, do my thing and uh, there. And uh, it was cool because I got to uh, work wrestle with some of the WWE guys because it was kind of like a farm league at the time, right? So, you know, I, I got to tag with Sid and Mabel, Team Mabel, and Viscera, and uh, it, was, it was Scott Hall right back in his Razor. And it was cool because, like, that, that that was cool because, like, years later, being in WC, when I first got in WCW, like, I remember talking to the agents and Hall and Nash walk in and, and Hall was like, Called me George, right? <laughs> hey George, remember we used to beat up Lawler in Memphis? <laughs> <laughs> and all the ages look at me and said, that you? Said, of course it was me. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah, it's um it's all connected and and how I got in WCW was uh through Jarrett. Actually, he put the good word in for Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, Randy Savage. And uh, they, they flew me up from Puerto Rico the first time because I was wrestling for Carlos Colon in Puerto Rico, and uh, which was so cool. I, I was staying with uh, Sean Morley, you know, Val Venus, right, and some other boys. And he answered the phone when Macho Man called him, and the, the look he gave me when Macho Man was on the phone with him. I, I think it was ribbing me, right, at first. It was like, Macho Man's on the phone. I'm like, ah, get out of here, right? So I got this. It was this. And it was Randy. He's, hey, how you doing? You know, and like, oh my God. Yeah, there's Randy. So, but I had a tryout match then, but it didn't, you know, it went okay. And I got to meet, you know, Eric and the boys, Eric Bischoff and everybody. But it, it for some reason, it didn't like, never went through. And then uh, I ended up going, doing, uh, going to AAA with Jake the Snake Roberts. And we were like uh, the main event that year uh, for Triple Mania. And, and I think it was 97. I was tagging with him. You know, I was still gorgeous George at the time. And uh, it was cool, you know, doing that Lucha Libre style. And uh, funny story, because I, you know, up to that point, I didn't really have much experience with the Lucha Libre style. And I was asking Jake, Jake, we're going to do all that flying around like those guys do. They're pretty acrobatic. 
And Jake was like, hey, look at me. You think I do all that? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But it was cool. Exactly. But it was, yeah, but it was a good, it was a good mix because you know, we did wrestling. They did their deal and they made for some great matches and being there with like legends like Paraguayo and all that. And, and you like Octagon and Cybernetico and, and then and that some of those guys there at the time later on going to WCW, it was kind of like a big reunion. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I got the big ring a lot of those guys. So it, it, was, yeah. it was really, really cool. So, I mean, the overseas experience helped me greatly for the light ahead, you know, you know, going forward with WCW. So, I mean, it, but it's just, uh, it's amazing. Point being, this is amazing how everything's connected and, and through different people thing. Um, you know, make the magic happen. I, I remember my the tryout match that that got me into the company was with Chavo Guerrero Jr. and I could not be happier. I mean, I have so much respect for the Guerrero family. Uh, I know we used to pray together before matches, and um, you know them them and the Armstrongs in the past have helped me greatly so much. And so we got get in the back, you know, and, and Diamond Dallas Page, he was putting us over. You know, on a match, and that quite a few of the boys, and you know, you got the agents, right? You got these, all these agents come up to you and just like, you know, you, it's good, but he could have done this, he could have done that, and you don't know who to believe, right? Pretty much. But I just, I go back to what my grandpa told me years ago. It's like always know who the boss is, right? Yeah. So Eric, Eric Bischoff walks in, right? He says, "Good match, guys," and looks at me and says, "You know, we can use a good talent like you. Welcome aboard." And as soon as he says that, all the agents change their tunes. It's like. Oh, good match! That was awesome. I like it. I knew right then if there was a problem, who to go to, right, right. And so I walk out the door, and um, the boys were there, ready to shake your hand, walk you into company. It was like the greatest feeling, man. It really was. I'll never forget it. Pretty cool, like uh, yeah, just that experience, because it's like, wow, I I got on somebody's good side, and then everybody's now you know uh, getting on my good side. It's good, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was amazing. But yeah, always know the bosses, no matter where yeah. you go in life. <laughs> great, great lesson, very true. It's amazing though. It's yeah. like Mexico is a completely different style than the Japanese style. The Memphis Southern wrestling style is so much different than every. So you have all these different like amalgamation, all these different styles, and it all comes in, you know, to a point really as WCW. So when you get in, you're gorgeous, George, right? Like when does the yeah, name change I, I, happen? About a year into the company. Because I did tapings down in Orlando and all that, it's gorgeous George and all that, and uh, I know uh, William Regal was a big, big supporter of mine, and I even told him a funny story when I was in Memphis that they were they were telling me I was wrestling too much. He got a good laugh out of that, right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was like years of the company where things started to change, and uh, um, I had a meeting with Eric. Bischoff, when the changes were taking place, because uh, Randy wanted to give this gorgeous George name to his valet at the time, and uh, so I, I talked because I had to meet with Eric and try to try to work things out, try to salvage this, right? Because yep. I was kind of perplexed as everybody else at the time. Um, that's how the Maestro came to be, mutation where Maestro, it, because they heard about my theatrical experience, right? And Maestro is kind of like a, a fan of the opera type persona, which I think didn't really, really 
come truly into play until later on during my WCW run, where Maestro had this sinister side about him, this like civil type side where you hear bad music and just freak out. You know what I mean? That was the that was the original intent all along, and um, and actually the thing I did with uh, David David Flair was going to lead into something with Rick, which uh, I was really excited about because I, I wanted to do more with Rick at the time, and I, I wish we had done more. Because, uh, you know, it, it was like Rick was one of the guys I've wanted to do something with on my bucket list. You know, I, I had a chance with, you know, being in the ring with Steamboat and, and you know, and Rick, but, like, not like a, a pro, more or less, I want to do, like, a whole program, you know what I mean? A feud, a full-fledged feud in here, so... And, and uh, there were talks about me being a love child of Rick, <laughs> being abandoned in the theater, instant a maestro, right? <laughs> Believe it or not. Right, of course. But like I, all good ideas and uh, angles, it got swept under the rug because of the ins and outs of the office. It's, I mean, it's like a revolving door with bookers and stuff. And, and uh, but there it, the, the ones that really helped me out a lot were, uh, you know, Terry Taylor was really good with everybody. Um, uh, Kevin Sullivan, which uh, he helped me out greatly because, you know, he's more wrestling based. And, and I, I've, I had a chance to work with him, you know, through Smoky Mountain Wrestling and other places, right? And uh, he, he's a genius. Uh, Kevin is such a genius. It's like, it's like walking encyclopedia. He's amazing. I've, I learned so much from Kevin. And uh, matter of fact, he's an inspiration, kind of like what I've been doing now with the old Papa Stro thing. And uh, I got I got to uh, work with him uh, in a War Games match, actually, a few years back. Where we did a door angle, where we kind of passed the torch, you know, because I was doing the whole darkness thing, right? And, yeah. Yep. And I got and and it kind of I kind of transcended that into my like the entertainment thing, where I, I do like a horror sci-fi show every Friday night on my uh, Facebook uh, called the Stroh Zone. It's like, and it's kind of like Twilight somewhere. Induce people to like old school horror and sci-fi movies from back in the day. So, but uh, yeah, it, it's um, you know, uh, the WCW was a great time. I mean, it had ins and outs, you know, and the office was crazy at times. A lot of us didn't know what we were doing until minutes before pill time, <laughs> right? But uh, it was a time I always cherish, and to get to do the things I did, go to places I went, and make the friends that I did, and uh, be part of at one time when I was there, like the greatest, the best company in the world. What um, was, was something I always cherish. When you go there, like originally in your gorgeous George, when does the like the Macho Man conversation happy happen? When it's like okay. I want to give her uh, Stephanie. I want to give her the name, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make her gorgeous Georgian. Is there some money involved? Well, uh, they wanted to do it. He wanted to do it originally for Lanny, a couple right. years prior, right? And I was cool with that because I knew Lanny would, you know, do a good job. But uh, it, the deal, his deal, my deal, because I was going to come in and done a whole new persona. Um. But uh, neither deal went through at the time, so I just went back to, you know I mean, doing my thing, Gorgeous George and, and all that. But um, this was about a year in the company, and then I I found out through secondhand source about the whole ballet thing, which was kind of 
I was a head scratcher because, you know, I mean, Randy was usually, you know, he would come to me about things like that if he was going to do something or another. But it's really perplexed, but that's why I called for a meeting with Eric. And, and Eric was very approachable. Um, like I said, you know, he's the guy that hired me. And, uh, you know, he's always been straightforward with me business-wise. And, uh, and you know, I could talk to Eric and, uh, you know, we hashed out a few ideas together and then we put them all together. And, you know, that how's my, how Maestro came to play. And, I mean, even then I was pitching an angle and idea with Ric Flair because I just wanted to, do something really cool with Rick, you know, because I've had that so much respect for Rick over the years and, and our paths have kind of crossed at one time and several times rather through the years. So, I mean, but, uh, yeah, that's how all that kind of went down and I almost became a, a character on, um, <laughs> Thunder in Paradise actually. Really? And, yeah. Um, I was going to be a character in the Reverend Headlock. <laughs> And, uh, I, you know what, I, the show was what it was, but heck, I just wanted to ride on the boat. I thought the boat was so cool. Yeah. Just give me a ride on the boat. The boat was amazing. But, uh, if, if I, if all I had to do was ride on the boat and like in the scene or episode, I'd, I'd be happy, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, all was good, right. You know, riding the boat, but, but it, it never, it never happened. And I'm in the way I'm kind of glad it didn't because it'd be, it would look kind of corny. I think he's a character from an headlock. They had me dressed in all white on the beach. I, I'm like, I don't know how that would pay out, you know? <laughs> kind of sounds but, like a cool gimmick, though. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It almost happened, actually. And uh, it was cool because Macho Man, right, Randy Savage, he, he would uh, he introduced me to the Slim Jim guy, right? And he showed me all the cool outfits. He had, like, a whole wardrobe of outfits. They made, the Slim Jim actually made for Randy, right? And it was just, oh man, it was just such amazing. It was amazing to see all. Can you believe different... he's still like the Slim Jim mascot? Like I went to Slim Jim, uh, or excuse me, I went to Wawa today, which is like our local food store, convenience store, whatever. And you look at the Slim Jim, it's Macho Man still on the package. And isn't that cool? It's awesome. It's so wild, man. And at the limo rides with with uh, Macho Man Hogan were amazing. Oh my god, <laughs> nonstop entertainment. What's it like to fly on the wall? Tell us. Uh, it was great. Uh, you know, you know, they had fans going through the window acting crazy, and uh, to hear them tell road stories and stuff was really cool. And 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 during that uh, time, you know, they had like limos at the nitros waiting to pick up some of the guys, like you know, Flair, Piper, Hogan, and all that. And uh, I remember pulling the rib, right, renting the limo. <laughs> And uh, and uh, another little pulls up with the other ones, and uh, everybody's curious who's who's that. Some some of the people are like who's that, uh, and uh, hey, that's mine. <laughs> I, everybody else got limos. I, I figured I'd get one, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it was good times, man. I mean, I learned a lot from Hogan and Macho Man, and you know, I mean, and. I'm, you know, forever grateful. And, you know, Rick, Rick being there and, you know, Piper was, was really cool. Hanging with Friday Piper was really cool. Oh my God. And he, he told about road stories. He tells the best, the best, uh, to hear him tell, there's one mention in particular, the Matman story, uh, that happened, I guess up in Portland, you know, with the, the bar territory. Right. 
and uh, it was kind of cool. Well, it's, I guess it takes place around that area, more or less, from my understanding of the story. But there was this guy that dressed up like Batman, but he was, like, called Batman because of DC comic book rights, right? But he still had, like, that Batman outfit, right? Yeah. And uh, something happens in this match, debut match, where he first falls off the table or something and for his debut, and then he, like, has a match, and something happens, and he gets electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, he was okay, but he, you know, he he was uh, shocked more or less. <laughs> no pun intended. Shocking finish for that match. Yeah, but, yeah. But to hear Piper say, "I can't do him justice," because he's so funny. Oh my god, he was so entertaining. I love it. With Macho Man, though, he doesn't call you and say, "Hey, I, I want the." my girlfriend to use the gorgeous George name, all of a sudden he has the name and she pops up as gorgeous George. You were okay with that? Well, see, see, that's what I was perplexed about. Cause you know, he was up front with the Lanny, Lanny deal, you know, which I, you know, I was like, I said, I was cool with that. You know what I mean? And, and but the, the whole girlfriend deal at the time was kind of a bit of a surprise. And I'm like, Oh God, what am I going to do now? Right. So that's like, look, I, I say that I, I need to get this straight. So you know, I called up Eric and, like going back to knowing who the boss is, right? Yeah, go, go, Eric. Eric, I, I need some help, man. We need, we need, please, can we talk and we like discuss this? So, and he did. He set up a meeting there in Atlanta, and we worked it out, man. So, uh, but yeah, it's cool. And originally, I had two people in mind to manage me, right? Uh, one was Bobby Heenan. Wow, good and choice. The other, and uh, Sherry Martell. And uh, Bobby wanted to do so bad, but Bobby, uh, he was committed at the time to the commentary with Shivani and everything, right? So uh, Sherry almost had it. Sherry Martin almost had it, which was cool because, I'm, I mean, I, I used to hang out with Bobby quite a bit. We knew through Gene Oakland, who Gene's amazing. And uh, Sherry, I've always respected Sherry, and, and especially what Sherry's done for different people like Manson, Shawn Michaels, and... Uh, my my brother's uh, Booker T, Stevie Ray, Harlem Heat, and she was a great great influence on them. And I I, I kind of you know wouldn't mind have that rub, you know what I'm saying? Be a part of that. Uh, but uh, I they in the office ended up putting me with uh, Alicia Webb. It's Alicia Cole ran Shamrock Symphony, right? Yep. And and uh, and she was great. Uh, and it was it was great working with her. And uh, a lot of fun. And so, yeah, she, she, she was really, really cool. So, I mean, it worked out. So when you become, like, the maestro, and actually, like you said, it took a while, but you become the maestro, who is, like, booking at this point? Is this when Russo comes in, or is Bischoff still there? Well, Bischoff's still there, actually, when I, when I first made my debut. Okay. And uh, up weeks prior... Um, I was working with a stump man, propelling myself with a harness, kind of like what what Sting did with his entrances, right? And we were the only two doing it, actually, since the the passing of Owen. Which uh, I went to Brett before I'd made my uh, debut and uh, made sure it was cool with him, out of respect for the Hart family, because uh, uh, the Hart family means. Uh, uh, very dear to my heart. Uh, one of my trainers, Nelson Royal, he was good friends with Stu Hart. That 
and that's how I ended up breaking the ice, you know, and learning more about the Hart family. And, uh, and I, I got to meet Owen prior, you know, uh, to my WCW debut at a Monday Night Raw and uh, hang out with him. And, uh, you know, I, I was a fan of his for a long time before meeting him, right? And just to meet him and actually see how great Owen was as a human being, you know what I mean, as a great guy. I mean, it, it was cool because I mean, Owen would sit there and he talked to you and he had, he had such a great sense of humor, you know what I mean? It was so down to earth. He was so cool, right? And and watching the ring was so talented. And, um, we're going back to the the, the debut. Um, uh, they had me, they made elaborate platform, candle opera, baby grand piano, and everything. And uh, I worked with Jimmy Hart on, uh, you know, the, with the sheet music and play because, you know, he, both Jimmy and I knew about me, um, music. And, you know, we both, it was kind of cool because we both had the Memphis wrestling background. And, you know, he uh, worked with Derringer back in the day. I mean, I can't oh, say wow. enough. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Hart's so talented, man. I, I can't even begin to how talented Jimmy is. And he helped me a lot with that. And uh, I, I went to Brett for asking for permission to do, to do that. Because if he would have said no, I would have told Bischoff and everything. Out of respect for the family, I wouldn't. Because right. they, they had a harness in my back connected to the cable in case the platform would, were to fall, that I could help propel myself back up, right? on the yeah. platform and they, they would lower me down from tops of the arenas down to the ground. And, you know, everybody looked like ants back then. And, and I, I, I couldn't believe I went through it cause I'm not much on heights, right? <laughs> but, uh, it, uh, it worked out and I really had kicked the bass in a lot of times on the piano because the crowd noise would drown out the sound because it was, you know, so loud. Right. And, uh, but yeah, Brett gave me his blessing. And I went through with it, and uh, and it, it was kind of cool. It, it, originally, they had me play music to calm down Sid Vicious, powerbombing everybody, right? <laughs> that trip. Yes, yes. Uh, which I, I think we continued that. That was kind of cool. And that one night on Nitro, I literally played for like, God, I live over to almost the whole program. I was in the back playing piano. They told me just keep playing piano, right? And you hear some of the boys, like Eddie Guerrero, as I'm doing promos, and you hear music in the back, and that was me playing the piano, right? And it, it, I would get breaks every now and then, but then some you actually people send play? me food. Like, yeah. you actually play really well? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, uh, see, I was in theater, like, years ago, and, you know, I was in the cat, the Cats play, you know, from Broadway, one of the Cats, and, uh, uh, I was um, the king that got betrayed, Macbeth, uh, Dodo Bird, and Alice in Wonderland, and all, all, all kinds of theatrical plays I was involved in. So, and and my music teacher could have kicked my butt getting into wrestling. Oh my God. She guess she wanted to pursue the theater more and all that. Man. Of course, yep. But then uh, when I got more into acting, you know what I mean, for film and along with you know, wrestling and everything. Uh, she, she forgave me <laughs> at that point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that, that particular natural, I remember playing all night, and, you know, and I, people send me stuff from catering, like, you know, <laughs> apples or bananas or something. And, 
take a little breaks in between. And he did a bit where Hacksaw joined me one time playing chopsticks, the piano. That was kind of, that was really cool. That's one of those things when, like, as a fan, you're like, maybe years ago, oh, yeah, he's really playing it. But nah, there's no way he's really playing it. It's, it's fake. But you really were playing it. And that, to me, that that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it was an experience. Uh, and, you know, some, some nights they would give me a break and have the, you know, the music play for me, right? Uh, when I wasn't playing the piano, et cetera. So, but, uh, you know, when I was doing my thing on the piano, man, I was hitting the keys, man, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> doing my thing. And it, it was really cool. And um, just, uh, you know, the great wrestlers at the time I had the opportunity to step in the ring with. I mean, it was like a who's who. I mean, one night you can be in there with, uh, yeah, I mentioned Bigelow, and you had, you can be in there with Piper or Flair or, or whoever, and, and next or, night, Rey Mysterio. Or your buddy Buff Bagwell. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, Buff, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, he, he was, uh, it was just, uh, it was a great talent pool, man, from all, the best, the best at one time from all over the world, man. It was just an awesome time to be a part of, you know, WCW. What is the heat with Buff, by the way? Just to, because that, can, is, is that out of nowhere or is there real heat there with you guys? I really didn't know there was any. Honestly, I don't think any of us did. Right? I mean, uh, a friend, uh, some friends of mine will point out, you know, you got to check this out. I'm like, okay, sure. And and I looked up. It's like, gosh, Buff sounds like Ole Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? I mean, and he's talking, and uh, I'm at, and all these names, and, and like you know, big boss man's name got thrown up. I think, and I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like one of the nicest guys ever, man. Great trailer with him. Oh, God, dude. Him, Kurt Hennig, uh, Sting. I mean, Sting, really? You know, these guys were just sweethearts, you know what I mean? And, and then my name got brought like, wow, wait a minute. I thought we were, <laughs> we were boys, man. Come on. Because, I mean, dude, there was no heat at all. I mean, he even thanked me uh, for looking out for him a few times, you know, when we were in the ring together. And, um, I, you know, I just, you know, I hope he gets the help he needs and he tries to make a friend, even if it's a teddy bear or somebody, you know, I mean, just, you know, shit, you know, just, uh, man, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was quite an experience to hear all that. I was like, wow, that's interesting. Cause you know, he was so, he was cool with me and, and, He's every time he's around me, he's nice to me, you know. And so, yeah, just some of the things he said, I'm like, really? <laughs> Did this happen? Yeah. Yep. I didn't get the memo, right? <laughs> well, look, looks like he's living with uh, DDP now, trying to trying to better himself and you know, get everything right: his body, his mind, his spirit. Seems like DDP's I hope so. Home. I hope so, because because uh, I mean Dallas Dallas. He'll, I mean, he's been there through Jake's low points, Scott's low points, a lot of yeah. low points, and done wonders. And, you know, he he, he really needs to take advantage of Dallas's help because, uh, you know, because if, you know, if it doesn't work for Dallas, then, man, that's a tough road to go on. So Right, yeah. But, uh, 
yeah, I wish them all the best, man. You know what I mean? Nothing but love here, you know what I mean? <laughs> what did you think about Russo and the Russo era and him coming in and him working like and how he thought of the maestro? What did you think about that era of WCW? Oh, gosh. You know, we all tried, tried to make an omelet out of broken eggs, and that's that was kind of a lot of our mentality, so that's what we did. And uh, it was cool because it, it was funny because there are times, you know, you step in the ring, they're like, oh, it's time to go home. I'm going to take it home, right? Really? So what we did, so a lot of times we just made those Japanese finishes, right? So, okay, we'll, we'll just go to the finish. And the finish was like a long finish. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Why is that? Just disorganization, or somebody's not timing the show right? I mean, why? Why that? Why like the the finishes like out of nowhere and the poor communication? Uh, it's just all kinds of crazy things was happening, and and it wasn't the talent because I mean the talent was amazing. You know, it was just that that during office man just couldn't keep it together. And um, you say say what you want about Eric, Eric, but but Eric Eric was big on production. And he had a vision and helped keep things together. And, um, yeah, him, Sullivan, uh, you know, Arn Anderson, uh, they're, you know, if it weren't for them, man, <laughs> you know what I mean? There was a guy that came, there was a, a booker. I remember one time I forget, I comes and came in, didn't even know who the heck we were. Right. Didn't know the talent was. Wow. How is that possible? Yeah. I was, well, yeah, I was thinking the same thing actually. When <laughs> you remember who you remember who he was? Oh gosh, uh, I may have been Bill Bush. I'm not sure. Um, but that, you know, I'm thinking, wow, really? And uh, a little disrespectful. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure who, who which one was, but one of them was like did had no clue. I was, or okay, this is going to be interesting, right? But yeah, uh, how is that going to work? Like, I don't really know who you guys are, but let's try to piece this thing together. Like, that's not good. So, yeah, but you know, things that were given to us, we just made the best, did the best we could, and so. But yeah, it was it was a crazy time. It really was, and it, it or was it really nobody's fault in the time? Ta- you know. Like as far as talent goes, because they, they had the talent. My God, the talent was just amazing. Yeah, that roster is nuts. Yeah, you know it's WCW. Even kind of yeah. after Benoit, Malenko, Guerrero, Saturn leave, it's still pretty damn good. You know what I mean? It's just crazy how much good talent was in wrestling then that WCW had and squandered. They really didn't know what they were doing as far as booking them. Yeah, and it, and I know uh, after my contract was up. You know, I, I left. I remember going to a uh, a nitro, and and then the, it was back when they had to, they were taping Raw, uh, not Raw, but Nitro and uh, Thunder on the same night. <laughs> and I mean, Lance Storm, man, they were God, they were working him to death, right? Because he's doing the Team Canada thing, and uh, and, and Rick, Rick just looks so miserable, right? <laughs> It, you know what I mean? And it was just a uh, crazy time. And because I was going to think about, you know, try to renew and all that and try to get things going. But I had, had people tell me, and I had, including my conscious, 
tell me that it may not be such a good idea at the time. And that was like right before, you know, Vince bought, bought the company and that sort of thing. So. so you were really in the company until almost 2001? Almost, yeah. Well, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So, but, um, but you know, the time that when I was there was um, when I always cherished and back when WCW was really just, just rocking it, right? And um, it it was cool, and just to make the friends that I did, and to just travel and go to places I went was just uh, it, it was pretty awesome. So you left though the contract ran out. You didn't want to resign. You just left, kind of, and then obviously they got sold to Vince. But that's just basically the, your end there. Just you decided, hey, I'm done here. Well. Yeah, I guess I, you know, I, I had people telling me that they were bleeding financially, you know, with merchandising and everything at the time. And uh, so and then I, uh, I was going to try to do, go down to ECW and start something there, right? And then they went under. So it was like a domino effect at the time, right? Yeah. That was uh, the game in town. Right. So, but, um, and, and you know, I've I've been to a few WWE events, off and on, and uh, you know, to you know, to see some of the wrestling family that that do there and all that. So it, um, but and and I've kept in touch over the years, you know, different things. I mean, but you know, it, I never really had a, a decent run with them, but you know, never say never, right? Anything could happen with with any any company in the business, so. Um, but you know, I've, I've just kept doing my thing independently off and on through the years, um, branched out, got more of the acting for television and film and I'm doing other, uh, genres of work, <laughs> bodies of work, if you will, in other places. So but it's, it's worked out and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm able to help others that are in, still in the industry now. Um, like, uh, you know, Dax Harwood. FTR to help break into business years ago, and I'm really happy for him and uh, Cash's uh, success. You know, those guys have worked really hard to get where they're at. Um, you know, Luke Gallows. I remember Barb Barbarian and I helped him out uh, years ago, and I'm happy for his what he's all he's done for the industry. Uh, uh, Eric Shea, out of uh, the Baltimore area. Uh, uh, Tracy Taylor, who's doing a lot with uh, Les Thatcher promotion, and uh, I mean, I mean, the, the list just goes on. And and even like Sasha Banks gave me a shout out to my wrestling school a while back, what I thought was really cool. Her documentary. So, um, and uh, I bought uh, Bobby Roode and Petey Williams. I remember uh, Sean. Morley and I helped help helped them out a while back when uh, when I was uh, going up to Canada. Pretty good list of guys. Yeah, and I'm I'm happy for their successes too, and what all they've done for the business, and and continuing to do for the business. So we have more power to them. I, I just I, I like helping people, and I'm happy for other people's success. Uh, 
I know some people feel like, oh, you're taking this from me or that from me. No, man. If anything, you kind of live vicariously through their happiness. You know, I don't like to see people happy doing well because uh, that's what it's all about, giving back and, and keeping the magic alive, per se. Pretty cool, though, like to be a part of some of those guys' career and see like where they are now. You know what I mean? Like Dax and, and Cash obviously doing very, very well in AEW. Oh, it's, it's, it's so awesome to witness. It really is. And, and it seems them continuing to do, do great. You know, I, I, I like to see people in the industry to do well because, I mean, it's, it's good for all of us. You know, it's not just for one person or two people. It's, it's good for everybody when someone does great ministry because and we're, we're all intertwined. We're all connected together you know, in, in this business. So as we wind it down, we head towards the finish. Do you have any regrets in the wrestling business? Anything you wish you would have done, wish you would have done differently? Well, there's things I would have liked to do, you know what I mean? Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be able to, to live the dream, per se, through the years and to uh, make the connections that I had and, and learn what I've learned to help myself later on in life. And I, I kind of, I love helping other people as well. With, even if it's just giving them advice or, or per se, uh, because I've had some great people through the years help me and I'm forever grateful for it. And like, like the matches I've had over the years, I would, they wouldn't have been great if I wasn't with the great people I was in the ring with. So I'm, I'm thankful for each and every person that I've, I've been blessed to work with and learn from because I'm, and there's another deal too. You're always learning in life because the day you stop learning, it's time to hang it up, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You always want to learn. So, uh, and I wish all the people that are currently doing all the success in the world. And uh, it's, you know, no matter what I do in life with this acting, um, doing windows, <laughs> driving, whatever I have you say, wrestling will always be a part of me. And I'm, I'm, all, I'm just really blessed to be part of the wrestling family. Now, did you ever watch Seinfeld? Remember there was a character, his name is Bob Cobb, but his, his nickname was the Maestro. Did you ever? Yes. Did you ever get I'll, anybody mention that to you all, like a lot? All the time, man. I, I was a big fan of the show, right? I love Seinfeld. And yeah. I'm a big fan of Kramer, right? The guy, Kramer? Oh, yeah. Kramer. Oh, my God. I, I love Kramer. I, I remember watching him years ago on the show called Fridays that he was a part of. He was a regular. Yeah, I don't remember it. Probably maybe. Uh, yeah, he was, was one of the regular comedians on the show. Okay. And uh, he it, and he looks the same. You can't miss the guy. He, he looked the same then as he did on Seinfeld, right? And to see Kramer on Seinfeld, I, I totally popped. I thought that was so cool. That's great, though. Yeah, they're referencing, you know, he's big show like Seinfeld referencing the maestro, you know, they're referencing you. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I was pretty honored actually. Right. And, and to this day, you know, you got people like doing different things, you know, doing different maestro things. Right. You know, you got Bray Wyatt doing the conducting. <laughs> right. And you got, a, you know, diff, different people kind of doing the, the whole maestro thing, you know, paying homage, if you will, you know, that, 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 yeah. that's, it's really cool. So I mean, this I'm forever grateful, you know, to be uh, part of yeah, you know, part of all that. You know, it's it's always great to be remembered in some way or fashion. 
and you can kind of joke and say, hey, Seinfeld stole my name, or they stole my nickname. Like, I'm really <laughs> a maestro. No, not them. Oh, yeah, we all steal from each other. You know, we're all thieves in the entertainment industry. <laughs> we're all thieves. But, so what, but we're good thieves, though. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> so what's going on, like, next? What are you up to next? Well, I just completed a horror sci-fi miniseries that will be out in this year. I'm going to be doing a set soon for a horror feature um, as well. Uh, I've also got a spy series that's coming out soon that I'm starring in called Hybrid. And um, that, that'll be out uh, pretty soon, actually. And uh, I have uh, some upcoming... Uh, Film projects that I'll be a part of soon uh, that I'm doing as well. I'm doing commentary uh, for some promotions. Um, uh, one being Shockwave Wrestling Entertainment, uh, which uh, they have a show coming up on like June 18th this month. And uh, you know, I, I do regular podcasts too as well. Uh, WCW Retro every Thursday night at 19 minutes Eastern Standard Time on VOCNation.com. I'm also on In the Room on VOCNation.com every Tuesday night at 9. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I got some cool stuff coming up for sure. And, you know, I wrestling events every now and then that I'm doing. So, uh, yeah, uh, some, some I, I can't really t- say now projects that I'm working on, but uh, I can soon. So as soon as I get to the green light, I can, you know, I'll tell everybody for sure what's what's happening. So I'm pretty excited to let everybody know what's yeah, going to be awesome happening. Yeah. Where, can everybody, yeah. where can everybody follow you and see where you're up to? Social media. Uh, okay. Well, uh, WC, W Retro, that's that's every Thursday night at night on VOCNation.com. Uh, my official website is thestro.com, T-H-E-S-T-R-O.com. Uh, my merchandise is the stro.com slash merchandise pretty much and get all kinds of all ages including pets <laughs> merchandise mm-hmm. uh, on on youtube on my youtube channel at youtube.com slash stro maestro you can subscribe to uh i'm on twitch at twitch.tv slash real papa stro uh instagram at instagram.com slash stro maestro on twitter at sign distro so this, uh, you can follow me there, and uh, I always try to keep everybody updated what's happening with me. So nice. Well, great stuff, Stro. Thank you so much for all the time. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm a big fan of the show, uh, and I, I really enjoyed a lot of the, the interviews you've had in the past and so forth. So yeah, it's really cool to be here. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.